1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper of uh, More com and cc1consorting.com. Delighted to be back with you again for yet another week. And today we're going to talk about how to become a business celebrity. And um, before we do that, I'd like to say a big thank you to Terry Brock, who I, if you had the opportunity to listen to the show last week. Uh, he spoke to me from Florida about how to measure your influence with clout. Now, if you use social media and don't fully understand clout, then... It's a must. I would really strongly recommend listening to that. Some great content in there from Terry, who absolutely is at the top of the game and has actually just written the book on clout. So do check that out if you're somebody who wants to be of high influence and wants to be able to measure their effectiveness through social media. I'd also like to send a big wish of uh, congratulations to uh, a guest, um, a client and friend, Stephen Gould, who was on the show very recently from Everard's Brewery. Uh, He was just awarded last night Leicestershire Business Executive of the Year. Uh, I've got a little message for you, Stephen. I told you a few weeks ago that you were a superstar and you just wouldn't believe it, so now you've got to get out of denial and uh, accept that that's true. Uh, So being a business celebrity, well, talking about Stephen and um, Stephen stopping being in denial I mean my guest really suggests that people should stop um, stop what they're good at but actually do what they're brilliant at instead in other words do your thing now during today's show we're gonna help you to discover what your thing is and how to use it to really stand out to get noticed through having what my guest describes as a supercharged business. Now, for any of you out there who have businesses or are looking at developing your businesses, you know, having a supercharged business and standing out, that's pretty important to us, isn't it? You know, a business where your ideal clients come to you because it's really clear how you're different and that you're the best person who does what you do. Lucy Whittington's an expert at helping her clients to get clear on what they do brilliantly by getting them to own and communicate what it is that they do differently. After many years of being a good marketeer, she says, working for startups and international PLCs, getting overqualified with an MBA and running her own website and marketing business since 2005, Lucy realized her thing was seeing other people's thing and helping them to transform it, as I talked about earlier, into supercharged businesses. She sees clearly how business owners and entrepreneurs can move forward, doing what they're brilliant at, even when they can't see it themselves. This is now known as getting lucid and is all part of the being a business celebrity experience. It's all about profiting from your personality. When she's not thinging, speaking, running events, working closely with business celebrities, spending too much time on Facebook and eating cake. The other thing Lucy loves are her two small people, it's her two children. She also loves living by the seaside. She loves reminding everybody that she lives by the seaside too. So a big welcome to Lucy Whittington.
2: Thank you Chris and uh, yeah it's a lovely day here at the seaside today so uh, I'll I'll just get the smug moment out of the way now.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you well if it makes you if it makes you feel even more snug it's absolutely pouring down with rain here in in uh, Leicestershire in
2: <laughs> Oh it's always tropical on the south coast of England don't you know that Chris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live?
2: I live in Poole in Dorset which is um Right, on a beautiful natural harbour, actually the second biggest natural harbour in the world after Sydney. And we've got seven miles of sandy beach and uh, yeah, it's quite a tourist destination as well in the summer. So you have to know your spots to go to find your little bit on the sand.
1: It is. It's a lovely spot. It so does get packed, as you say, but a lovely part of the world to live. It must be nice this time of year as well when there's not quite so many people around.
2: It is. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just nice to go down the beach. And it's just you and a few people walking their dogs and a couple of brave runners. And uh, it's lovely.
1: Very nice indeed. So Lucy, do you want to start by telling us about your story, maybe how you ended up in pool <laughs> and how you discovered your thing, which probably includes living in pool?
2: yeah, so my my thing. Well, I always thought my thing was marketing. I've always been very interested in business and specifically the kind of mechanics of buying and selling. And my first degree is actually in economics, um, which I realize is a bit geeky. So uh, that was, you know, because those mechanics of business, the kind of demand supply side of things, I always got really excited about that. And my my background has been that I've always worked in marketing so my proper jobs um took me from you know being a marketing assistant through to a marketing director and that's what I've always been paid for and now is what I realize is what I'm good at um, so I'm I'm good at marketing um, you know obviously quite modest about that <laughs> but that's not my thing and I always knew I wanted to start my own business in fact that was kind of why I did my MBA in that misguided way where you think an MBA is going to teach you all about business and then you realise the day you start your business that starting a business teaches you everything you need to know about business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sure, we've all been there. Uh, so I started my business, I was actually... Um, working in the software industry. I was marketing software for a number of years. And as and what happens to many of us. When you do something for long enough, you naturally are regarded as an expert in it because you've just kind of been there for long enough that people look to you for expertise. So it wasn't really the kind of rock star <laughs> lifestyle I'd, I'd planned, you know, when, when I was younger, like most people, you know, we think we're going to be something other than we are. And You know, I found myself this expert in software marketing. And when I started my business in 2005, I did what many of us do, which is um, start our business as a consultant for what we used to do as a job. So I started my business. Okay, to be fair, you know, it meant I could if I wanted to work at home in my pajamas and, you know, do my marketing when I wanted to. But I really found that I was still just doing What I'd fallen into this expertise in. And sure, it was great, you know, I could get paid more for doing the same thing and and work my own time. But I didn't, I just always knew I wasn't doing my thing. I was just doing a thing, if that makes sense. I was doing what I was good at. So, you know, fast forward a couple of years of doing that, um, I had my first small person, my daughter, and the whole time for money thing got a little bit messy, <laughs> mm. hadn't quite factored in how much amount of time a small person takes up, especially when, you know, you're a uh, source of lunch and things. Um, and, and it was that time I really started to question, well, I need to change my business and how it looks. So I then did what many of us do and are encouraged to do and followed a really simple formula of, you know, finding a niche that's going to be perfect for me. So I thought, okay, what am I really good at? Which is marketing. Um, what do I really love? Um, which to me is travel and hotels. I'm absolutely obsessed with travel and holidays. And like, I mean, I know we all like holidays, but I am obsessed. You know, that's. I will always read the travel section of the paper first. All my magazines, I get them subscription to travel ones. And I thought, well, I'll do that. I'll put marketing with the thing I love, and therefore, you know, perfect happiness, everlasting joy in my business, and. I did that. I wrote a book. Um, actually, it's still number one on Amazon for hotel marketing. Um, it's called the Hotel Success Handbook. I did all the free reports and follow me on Twitter and went to the right networking events. and I, I did everything. Obviously, I'm a good marketeer. I know what to do. And I had a new business. I showed up in a brand new market. I proved that you can do that with no background in it. But honestly, I I wasn't excited about it. And that felt really, uh, felt really ungrateful, if I'm honest. It felt, you know, it's not like it's a major problem. You know, I have a great business. I swapped it for another great business, but I just wasn't excited. And and for a while, I thought, well, that's just, you know, that's kind of how it is, isn't it? It's just tough luck. <laughs> um, you know, get on with it. Um, stop complaining. Um, but I just, I don't know, I just knew... There was something about it that wasn't right. So meanwhile, I'm still going to lots of you know, marketing seminars and meeting lots of people at events because I love to learn. And I'd meet great people and, and I'd want to help them. I could see so easily how I could help them. They talk about not having enough clients or you know, not being visible enough or not attracting the right people. And to me, it was so obvious. All they weren't doing was putting enough personality in their business, showing up, standing out, being clear on their message, who they were and what they stood for. And yet because they didn't own a travel company or a hotel, I couldn't help them. So I just, I felt like I'd niched myself into this corner and I, I wasn't helping people. I knew I could help. So eventually I sat around waiting for someone else to tell these fabulous people I was meeting to do this whole personality-based marketing. And eventually it dawned on me that um, maybe it was me that was supposed to do that. So,
0: uh,
2: you know, I'm sitting around waiting for someone else to tell them, thinking, well, it's so obvious to me. Surely everyone else sees it. And um, apparently not. So that's when I decided to start um, being a business celebrity. And the, the big joke about that was I since that point, had a small person number two, and he was still quite a tiny baby. And, um, you know, for for any mums listening or, you know, dads who've <laughs> witnessed their other half go through this stage, a few months after your baby's born is possibly your most least glamorous <laughs> time of your life. And, uh, you know, I just felt so far away from being any kind of, you know, visible person I wanted to be. And I felt really, you know, who do I think I am as well? Because it's not like I'm, you know, Richard Branson or, you know, an actual business celebrity. Uh, but I knew, I knew what people could do to stand out and get noticed and, and actually being a business celebrity is about being famous to who you want to be famous to. So it could be your town. It could be just a small niche part of an industry. It's not about being, you know, globally famous unless you want it to be. Um, So I thought, you know what, like I've got to go first. How can I possibly tell other people to do this if I don't, you know, do it myself? So that's when I launched being a business celebrity. And, and when I first launched it, I still thought it would just be about marketing because it's all I'd ever been paid for. So when it, when it first launched, it was the strap line said, find out what it takes to get noticed in your market. And it was only when I started working with clients and all they would ever talk about afterwards in their testimonials and, and chatting to me was like, oh, you totally know what it is that I do. You totally got my thing. You totally get that thing that I do that's different. And I was like, yeah, of course I do. I have to do that to be able to help you with your marketing. And it took my clients to actually point out to me the the piece of the work that I did that they valued the most was this thing finding. Mm-hmm. So all these years of study, getting my MBA and my degrees, you know, I, I realised what I was really good at was finding people's thing. So hence why now I help people to find their thing and get famous for it. Because that's now what I do. So, yeah, that's how I got to be doing my thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you I mean, you raise a really, really good point there in terms of the, what I've certainly seen in my journey. I've had seven years with a, a small business since my last business, and it can take quite a lot of time, can't it, and be quite challenging to actually to, to understand your own thing without help from someone else. Who, hmm. Sometimes it's easier to spot it from the outside, and I certainly see a lot of small businesses who are, you know, continuously kind of reevaluate it's a continual reevaluation evaluation to, to be, get very clear about what that thing might be and then to uh, start to turn that into something that uh, is really successful.
2: You know, and I always say your thing is on the end of your nose and, you know, I always get people to try and look at the end of their own nose and you can't actually see the very end of their own nose and, and that's the point. Everyone else can see it, you know, it's plain as day on your face but you're looking straight past it. Every day, it's it's what you, you know, it's something unconscious that you just do. It's so easy for you. You look straight past it. You don't even imagine that that has any value because it's just what you do. And that's what's really interesting. People very rarely get the value of what they do, you know, without thinking about it. But that's their brilliance. That's the big irony: <laughs> is you're walking around with it, plain as day, and you can't see it.
1: and it's a really good question, isn't it, to ask other people? Is you know why. Why do you hire me? What, what, hmm. what questions do I answer for you that you can't answer for yourself? Uh, Absolutely. I guess they'll give you, give you some clues. I mean, what, um, you, know, is, is it, you use this thing about being a, a business celebrity. And um, it can sound like you know, being a celebrity can sound like uh, you're pursuing cele- celebrity rather yes. well than passion. I mean, how, how does that play out for you? What does that mean for you? And is, is it a good thing to seek celebrity?
2: Well, it's a really difficult one for me to wrestle with because I, like many people, don't like the kind of celebrity culture of celebrity for the sake of it. You know, people being famous for being famous. Um, but it, it it's a good word to use because it's something that many of us know we need to do but shy away from. The whole visibility thing, the whole standing out and getting noticed, the whole having a spotlight and actually standing there and going you know what i am awesome at this and so it's it's it works well because it naturally gets people a bit uncomfortable yes (laughs) um but in the context of what, what i mean for it it's basically about being famous for what you do that's brilliant to the people that need it so you know it could be that it's really that situation where if someone says oh i need the absolute best person that does and then says you know what it is you do then the other person they're talking to automatically goes, oh, well, you absolutely have to go and see, and then says your name. So it's that kind of famous. It's not ego fame. It's very much um, visibility from a, look, if people can see me, then I can actually help them.
1: And that's a really, it's a really key thing. I remember somebody once saying to me that they had, they'd been described early in their career as having, by her brother, actually, she's now very <laughs> successful, but she was described as having, um, so much to give, but no one to give it to. Uh, yes. And I guess, if you, you know, we can all, I've certainly felt that um, a few years ago in my business that I had so much to give, but I didn't have the connections and the network at that time to give it to lots of people. Now lots of people want it from me, but that's yep. been a, you know. And
2: it's that whole thing of, you know, some, some of us have been brought up in a culture where it's not good to blow your own trumpet. You know, it's considered showing off and it's a fight, you know, there's a very fine line between arrogance and confidence in my opinion. Mm. And, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being confident in who you are, what you can do, how you can help people without being arrogant about it. And that's really the line that the whole business celebrity thing crosses. It's really about being well known and being visible and people being able to see you so that you can reach a a wider audience. um, Not, you know, so that you can strut down a red carpet and have your photo taken.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And do you you think this appeals more to, people who with an extroverted personality rather than an introverted. I mean, I tend to find you know, sometimes with this show, you know, I, I coax people on who are more introverted in nature, as well as the extroverts who wouldn't nat- naturally be comfortable in this sort of media, but they realize that they have to get out there.
2: Yeah. I actually have quite a lot of introverts as clients because, um, and because it's not all like rah, 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 obviously I'm more on the other scale. Um, but the, the thing that happens when you find your thing, now, Mayesh, you, you may find this hard to believe, but I, I used to be, I, I was incredibly good at avoiding all opportunities to do public speaking. When I just had a job and was doing what I was good at, I was excellent at avoiding it at all costs. And it's only since I've been doing my thing that I understand that I need to get my message out, that I can help more people, that I can connect with more people. And actually, I've got something to say, and it's a value that I'm okay to go out and do it. So it kind of comes back to that whole valuable message. If you get to that point where you're so clear that your thing is valuable, then that kind of overcomes things for you. So that's where I find people. Obviously, naturally, I will attract, you know, some extroverts, but it's really the people who have got to the point where they're frustrated that they don't know what their thing is because they know when they get that, they'll actually be okay to go out and, you know, have that on a T-shirt and say, hey, this is what I do.
1: Yeah, yeah sure well we've got uh we're going to go to commercial break now but after the break Lucy, i'd like to kind of for you to share the key steps involved in your system of becoming a business celebrity and then let's talk about those in each in a little bit more detail so people can take that information away with them about uh, this kind of methodology but we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes
2: Perfect. Okay.
0: facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment, and that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured
1: guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America
0: it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com That's info at bemoreachievemore.com Now, back to Chris Cooper.
1: Hi, it's Chris Cooper of more.com I do love hearing from you, so do drop me any thoughts that you might have around this interview with Lucy or any other thoughts that you might have uh, with regards to the show. Always good to hear from you. So, Lucy, uh, we were talking about this uh, concept of, uh, of being a business celebrity, and I know that you have a kind of methodology and you've got some steps within a, a system to becoming a business celebrity. Do you want to maybe overview what those are? And then maybe we'll come back and explore some of those in a bit more detail.
2: Sure. So there are five steps to being a business celebrity. And the first one probably isn't a surprise to you or anyone listening. (laughs) Um, It is to find your thing. So the first step is really to find that thing that you do that's brilliant. Um, The second step is to have a fame name. Now, I know you're going to ask me about that because everyone always wants to know about it. Um, The third step is to understand that interesting stories sell. So it's about you telling us why you do what you do. The fourth step is knowing that nothing's impossible, which might seem odd as part of a kind of, you know, marketing type approach, but it's really quite vital. And the fifth step is to get in your spotlight. Again, not a huge surprise there, but it's not something that you do straight away. You need to kind of build up to that part of it. So those are the five steps to being a business celebrity.
1: Marvellous. So let's start with finding your thing. How to do it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How you do it. Right. Well, you look on the end of your nose, Chris. Um, There's there's two main ways um, to find your thing. Obviously, when I work with people, we go into a lot more detail, but they fall into two camps. Um, The first one is what you find really, really easy, which sounds simple but can be the hardest thing to spot because – what you find really easy, you tend to not notice that you're doing it. So I had a client I was working with once and, you know, the whole day we were together, she kept saying, oh, but that's common sense. Oh, but that's common sense. And I had to point out, well, it was actually common sense to her because it was her thing. And that actually what we know and what we see or what we understand or the way we do things quite often isn't how everyone else sees it and actually they would love to know how to do it that easily or that quickly or that cheaply or whatever it is and so that's where you know the value part of your thing comes in because you can charge other people to you know do it for them or do it with them or show them how to break it down the way you do it so it's really about noticing what you do that's really easy for you and a good way to do that often is to think who am I the person that everyone comes to for something? So, and this could be in your business. It could be in your work right now. It could be in your family or your friends. So, you know, are you the person that everyone goes to to organize things? Or are you the person that can explain really complex ideas really simply? Um, are you the person that just has that amazing long-term vision? Anything like that. that you'll already, you know, people will already be recognizing your thing for you. So it's it's really that whole stepping back and 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 looking as if it's not you, you know, kind of detaching from your activity and seeing what it is you find that's easy. Uh,
1: great, and can you get clues there for also by we talked a little bit about it earlier about getting lots of other people to give you a steal to what they think you find. They, they, they,
2: <laughs> exactly. It's that thing, you know, what are people coming to you for? What are you always the first person that, that, that gets, you know, volunteered to do something or asked to do something? What is it the piece that when you read your testimonials, if you have a business that people are always commenting on? You know, it only took me a while to realize that, you know, 90% of my testimonials talked about finding people's thing to realize that, oh, hang on, maybe that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's one way that you find your thing. It's, it's what you find really easy. And I can say that very, you know, glibly here, but it is hard to spot sometimes, which is why it's often good to ask other people um, or to just start noticing. I, I don't know, simple things like when you write a to-do list of everything you've got to do in your business or your day – um, I know we're all supposed to eat our frog first and do the thing we don't like, but I'm sure occasionally you might just do the thing you love first, like I do. Um, so I often find myself writing or getting on the phone to fab clients and doing things like that, because actually that's what I'd rather be doing than than my frogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, frogs <laughs> so- Folks are not always that appetizing first thing in the morning, are they're they?
2: Not, they're not really a breakfast dish, I don't think, no. honestly. Maybe after lunch. Um, so the other way to find your thing is um, more how I found mine, Um or at least how I noticed it initially it is actually what I find really easy but it's how I noticed it initially and that's what drives you absolutely totally and utterly to the point where you just want to shake someone obviously i don't recommend that but you know you just ugh, you just want to like butt in and go no 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 so maybe you overhear a conversation or you're reading something online or you're watching something or someone asks you about something. And, you know, you almost have to be restrained from from interrupting or, or writing to that person and go, oh, could you not see? Do you not see what you could do that's, you know, easier, quicker, faster, um, you know, simpler, whatever it is. O- honestly, that one, it, it, it's probably something that drives you mad like really quite annoying <laughs> what
1: if what if you're somebody Lucy who just gets really excited about lots of things and, and and maybe would see themselves having more than one thing
2: oh I've never been asked this question oh I've got lots of one thing that's like my frequently asked question number one Chris so I'm glad you asked it <laughs> so the way I see that is there's often lots of ways that you do your thing There might be lots of ways that um, you, you know, put it into practice or it, it actually shows up. But there's one ultimate result that always comes from you doing your thing. So I often describe it as an organization chart. You know, you have the boss at the top and then you have all the sort of main departments underneath. So lots of us have lots of different main departments. So I'll have, you know, finding fame names and stories and spotlight stuff and strategy. And they're all my departments. But my boss of everything is clarity. So it might be that whatever you're doing, you might give people confidence or you might make something simplified. Or in my case, you know, I help people get clear. So there might be lots of ways that you can do your thing. But don't confuse those with what your thing is. Often people get stuck in one little department thinking that's their thing. And then what usually happens is you get very annoyed and frustrated because you actually like all the other departments. You know, I like all the ways that I do my thing, but the ultimate result I always give people, no matter what way I'm doing my thing, is I I help them get clear. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So it's really about saying, you know, what's the outcome of me doing it that way? And there'll always be that one kind of ultimate result, and that is your thing. That's the boss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're singing as a the boss. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> excellent,
1: excellent. So what I mean what if you just can't find it?
2: If you can't find it, it either means that you're looking in the wrong place, she says stating the obvious. Um so so again you might be stuck looking uh too immediately to your sort of surroundings. Um it might be that That you're just looking at what it is that you do right now. So you might be looking only within the confines of you know what you're trained in or what your skill is. And what you have to look at is is what's sort of in the outer circle of that. So it might be that you're a trained marketeer like me, or it might be that you know you're a lawyer or a nutritionist or a therapist of some sort. And you're trained in that, but so much happens around you doing that that you don't notice, and that's what you really need to look at. You need to think: What well, is it the way that I do it, or is it, you know, I've worked out a certain process? Like, what is it that I say? Is that different? Is it an outcome that I get that's different? People and, and actually, your thing sits in a, a wider context. I, I was actually talking to a lady um, this week who's a lawyer, and obviously, her, you know, her, her her thinking is her thing is law, but actually, it turned out that. While her tool and, and what she does is law, actually her thing was very much around helping people build a really valuable company. And one part of that was having really strong legals that made sure that, you know, the company had a lot more value. But actually she had loads of experience in, you know, what good looked like and, and, and what bad looked like in terms of building a valuable company and other aspects to that. So, so often it's about looking at what surrounds what it is that's your skill.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm. And looking at the end output. Yeah.
2: The end output, you know, the end output for her wasn't, you know, having fabulous law. (laughs) It was building a valuable company, which was different. So everything she wanted to do in an organization that that, the end result would always be that it had more value,
1: Mm.
2: not that it had a perfect contract. I mean, obviously that was part of it, but that wasn't the ultimate goal. One of her departments was, you know, drafting great contracts, but the boss was always the value piece.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Sometimes you need to look around what it is that you you want to sit your expertise and skill in, if that makes sense.
1: Yes, yes. So if I take myself, I mean, I help leaders develop uh, themselves and their businesses. Um, But underneath that, that usually manifests itself in terms of developing talent and elevation, something I call elevation. Yeah. Would the, the overriding, my thing being about helping leaders to develop themselves and their businesses, would that be the thing or is that not specific
2: so, so, so you so you might have different departments of leadership coaching and talent development and, yeah yeah whereas the actual whole thing might be around um you know growing leaders yeah. or growing businesses even yes if we're thinking even bigger, Chris, growing economies. Let's not muck about.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. I think I think at the business level at the moment, but yeah.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, we can work up the We economy. can
1: work on that. We've.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but that. But no matter what department you're working in, you know, i.e., who you're working with or the way that you're working, that ultimate outcome is is growth. It is. Yeah. So that's that's how you find it. There you go. Look. Free consultancy.
1: Thank you very much.
2: The benefits of having a radio show. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about about your fame name.
2: Mm. We love fame names. So, so fame name is actually ironically the thing that I am now famous for. So, um, fame name came around because sometimes we can find it very difficult to describe what we do. You know, it's that whole thing of it's easier to write a thousand words than it is to write a hundred um because you can just kind of waffle around the subject rather than be really specific so a fame name takes that to its kind of nth degree which is about coming up with a really succinct personal headline that absolutely describes what you do so for example um you know you've got mary portas is the queen of shops jamie oliver the naked chef if you know jason vale he's the juice master um, these are people that people have heard of and know, you know, you've got super nanny, things like that. So that that is what a fame name is. It's a personal headline that instantly tells people um who you are, and what you do and who you do it for. It's a real positioning piece. And you know the reason it works is it it's it's sticky <laughs> for want of a better expression. It's it's a name and a phrase that sticks in people's heads. The way we remember people um it's actually a principle in psychology called the baker baker paradox and it says that we remember people for what they do much more than we remember their actual name so Mm. it's meaning if you meet someone who is a baker you're much more likely to remember they are a baker especially if you're me and like cakes um then maybe if you meet someone called mr john baker it's just how we remember people and what a fame name does is play to that principle. So while you're an unknown, I mean, obviously the ultimate fame names are, you know, Branson, Obama, Oprah, uh, you know, the one name fame name, like, you know, Madonna and people like that. But while you're trying to get yourself remembered, and by that, let's be honest, we usually mean Googled, um, you can use a fame name to absolutely show up in a market and help people to remember you. So rather than someone saying, you know, who's the best person that does X and they go, oh, I don't know, you know that oh, don't, don't, you know that bloke that does, oh, what's his name? You know, they might say, oh, you know, the sales sculptor or, oh, the flow writer or, you know, the system superwoman. You know, these are client examples of mine. But straight away you think, well, I know exactly what that person does and how they do it and who they do it for. I've got a hint of their personality and they're obviously good because, you know, they have a name that says they are. And it just gives you that instant recognition and a really valuable tool that helps people to, um, you know, remember you and refer you because you're easy to remember.
1: Mm. And, and in choosing those, I mean, sometimes uh, people do have them and they sound a bit cheesy.
2: Yeah. How, how
1: do you, where's the kind of balance? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's five elements to a fame name. And one of them, and actually element five, is to make sure it matches your personality. And obviously, you know, if you work in the corporate world, um, it may be that you use the principles of a fame name but create a business name. So one of my clients um, used the principle of fame name to come up with a name for her business, which is Naturally Loyal. Now, you know, she's not the natural loyalist (laughs) or whatever, but she helps businesses to, um, you know, nurture an environment where loyalty comes naturally through staff training and, you know, sort of marketing that helps people, you know, come back time and time again. So you can still follow the principles. So it absolutely has to fit your personality and doesn't have to be a rah-rah show-off kind of name if that isn't who you are. So it's really important that you match it and also that it sets out your market. It's very much about being that name that when someone says it, they instantly say, you know, people that they say it to instantly either go, yes, I need to talk to that person or no, that person is absolutely not for me. You know, it's very, it's very okay to have a name that splits people like that because that's going to save you a whole bunch of effort <laughs> not talking to the wrong people.
1: Yes, yes. I guess a juice master is an example of that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's like you either want to, you know, juice your food for a week or you don't. I, I personally like the juice master stuff, but other people think I'm not doing that. Hmm. but you know and it it indicates the sort of way you you do things and and how you like to operate and you know the fact that I use the whole being a business celebrity thing shows that I'm not going to rock up in a suit you know a gray suit and make people do 84 page marketing plans on a spreadsheet because that's clearly not my style thank goodness because I would cry of boredom but um but it, it's enough you know it's enough to get across that i don't you know don't expect me to do that
1: <laughs> and you, i mean making you know a point there as well with your fame name actually it can be more than just a name it's kind of can be a, a personality a brand a personal brand
2: absolutely and and what's really interesting about when people work out their fame name is you know they'll buy it from me you know on the principle that it's a, a brilliant marketing tool and it's going to get them noticed but what actually happens that's most powerful is when people come up with a fame name, it's such a transformation in them that they start to own who they are. You know, if you, if you're going to call yourself the something, something, or, you know, the angel of something or the, the expert or whatever you're going to call yourself, you have to own that. You've got to really be that person and believe that before you can go out and tell other people that's who you are. So it's like a really great side effect that when you come up with a fame name for it to really work, you have to take ownership of that. And, you know, as we both know, that's kind of 80% of it. Once someone's absolutely confident in what they do, and, and really believes in that and knows that they are this person and owns their value, then it's much, much easier for them to relay that to other people. And that's that whole point where people will want to buy from you because you're so obviously that person that's the expert in that thing, that why wouldn't they want to buy from you?
1: fabulous i'm sitting here with my mr happy mug i can't i can't be anything but happy when i'm drinking my tea out of it. otherwise it would not be not be uh (laughs) consistent (laughs) so uh yeah if you're the happy happiness guy then you've got to be happy
2: exactly and if someone wants to be happy you know they're going to go to the happiness guy and, and why would you not it makes perfect sense so it's a marketing tool but it's kind of like you know it's a bit of a Stealth bit of personal development kind of personal branding ownership in there as well (laughs) (laughs)
1: well we're going to go to commercial break now after that break, we're going to move on to stories so be back with you again in just a couple of minutes so do stay on the line
0: from the boardroom to you voice america business network Facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living?
2: How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? learn how at the american business person the online weekly radio talk show hosted by rich killian today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails if you own a new or established business or ever hope to you must tune in join us every wednesday at 3 p.m eastern time 2 p.m central and noon pacific on the voice america business channel or listen on demand to our archived shows
0: do you like most americans spend the majority of your life at work are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business A Great Place to Work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life.
1: Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com. I'm with Lucy Whittington. We're talking about becoming a business celebrity. And we were discussing Lucy's kind of process. We talked about finding your thing. Uh, we then talked about fame name. And the next thing you mentioned, Lucy, was interesting stories um, that sell. So do you want to share a little bit about your thinking around that?
2: Absolutely. So many people Um don't think that their own story is very interesting, usually for the simple fact that they were there when it happened. <laughs> so they know about it already. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that some of the biggest selling books are always autobiographies. You know, we're, we're naturally quite nosy as a, <laughs> as a race. And we want to understand people. And we want to know who they are and why they do what they do. So you really do need to tell people your why because that is why they buy. And it's not about writing your autobiography by any means, although obviously that's a whole other project if you want to do that. But it's important that you have some key triggers that you share with people that, you know, for example, tell us, you know, why you do what you do the way you do it. Why you stopped doing what you were doing before and now do this. Um, why your thing is so important. Why the result of your thing is so important. Just some really key why. So people get to understand why it is you do what you do. It's really important for me that people understand that, you know, if they're just doing what they're good at, they're really, you know, not sharing their true talents with the world. And that's kind of a bit mean, (laughs) but also frustrating for them because they're not going to be enjoying their work. It's not going to be as easy as it really could be. So, you know, there are different types of story. People always worry that they have to have been where their clients are now you know they're worried that they have to have lived through the same experience to really get it and in some cases that's true and that's a brilliant story to tell if you have tell it but if you haven't don't worry as long as you can empathize and show your credibility in helping people move from where your clients are to where they want to be it doesn't matter if you haven't been there yourself
1: yeah <clears throat> that's you uh, you're not going to have every eventuality Mm. You can give people confidence, can't you? If you, if you can, as you say, appreciate what they're going through, exactly. Also, I suppose it, some of this comes down to if you've got a subject that you, that you, you know, is your is your thing, then actually, you know, we need to spend some time, I guess, to make sure we're an expert at it.
2: Yeah, and there's going to be a time, you know, some people knew what they were interested in when they were like five years old. Some people, you know, tried out a whole bunch of stuff and then finally found it or went around full circle and realized it was the thing they started doing in the first place and yet they went everywhere else to look at it, you know, like the alchemist. Um, But it's important that it doesn't matter what your story is, it's important to share it. That's the key part. It is important that you share it because. The world's changed so much. Even if you've got a huge business, it's not about hiding behind faceless logos and sort of, you know, the big branding that it used to be. Social media has changed that for the good, I think. And we want to know who you are. Even if we don't physically buy from you or work with you, you should at least share with us who you are and what your values are, because that's what people will really want to buy. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. this is what i I think i don't know about you lucy but you talked earlier about about speaking and you know you're avoiding it (laughs) but but but, you know and most people do you know it is something that people fear but actually Mm. when you are you know a business person and you're Mm. out there doing your thing i I don't think there can be you know a much better investment in some of your time than learning to communicate really really well
2: absolutely and and what's really interesting is so many of us You know, worry about what other people think of us, and what, and and if we're going to look like an idiot, or all those kind of things. You know, don't think we don't get that. But what I always say to people is, you know, the, the important thing is that there are people out there who need you. There are people who need your solution to their problem, or you know, need your help in whatever way that is, whether it's a product or a service. And it's not about you. It's actually about them. You know, if you're not showing up, yes, it might be a bit uncomfortable and some people might not like you and all that kind of stuff. But if you're not showing up for those people that need you, that right now can't see you or hear you or or know about you, that's who you're doing it for. And once I got my head around that, and I know that's helped loads of my clients as well, it's, it's not about them. It's about, you know, the people who need them. It all of a sudden becomes less of a big deal. It's like you know what. So I'm a bit nervous before I go on and speak. So what? If one person in that audience or ten people in that audience do something differently because I did that, it doesn't matter that I was a bit you know uncomfortable for twenty minutes before I got up to speak. It doesn't matter. It's not important.
1: and actually, if we don't if we don't share our talents, then mm. actually we're doing we're doing people a disservice, aren't we? If we've got things that can that can help them, but we're not opening yeah. up and sharing it.
2: It would be like, you know, when you're on a plane and something goes wrong and they say, is there a doctor on here? It'd be like you being a fully qualified doctor and just carrying on reading your book. You wouldn't do it. No. You, know, you know, you'd get up and you'd go and help that person who was unwell. And I know that's an extreme example, um, but that's kind of what so many people are doing. You know, we're, we're just plodding around doing what we're good at. And not actually saying, you know what, I am brilliant at this and I'm going to let people know about that because there are people that need me to be brilliant at this. And yes, a handful of people might think I'm showing off, but you know what, it doesn't matter. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, so that's why you tell your story, because people can and, and that whole fine line between arrogance and confidence thing, if you can tell your story in a way that people get why you're confident they're like oh fine well of course he's confident he's been doing it for 10 years and then he took this qualification and then he understood this and then he worked with these 100 clients so that's fine he's allowed to be confident <laughs>
1: Def- definitely so, so actually with some of this it's worth also taking the long-term view into account yeah. and because a lot of people want everything now don't they but yes. I guess we're talking about you know a, a, a build in that we can we can achieve a lot more than we can imagine in a few years but uh, in a year maybe we won't achieve quite as much as we might hope for
2: Although the flip side to that is most people are already sitting on everything they need right now mm. and are thinking they're going to need to go and get another qualification. Or they're thinking – I mean, like obviously – MBA. Yeah, like an MBA. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> Three years I won't get back. Um, but, but, you know, I i was there. I thought I needed to go and get all these qualifications. And, and it's that moment where you realize that you know everything you need to know. I mean, I had one client who um, – you know, he, he, he was totally into the right food and the right exercise and how to breathe well and how much water to drink and all these kind of uh, things about how to have fabulous energy, you know, as a human body, you know, how to be in great energy. And he, he was like, but I'm not a qualified nutritionist. Maybe I need to go and do that. Or I'm not a qualified personal trainer. And yet he would spent 10 years of his own life trying out everything. And I said, to be honest with you, I'd rather learn from you who's tried everything for 10 years than someone who maybe, you know, jumped on a six week course, learned a bit of stuff out of some books and now wants to to work with me. Um, Obviously, there are qualifications that are important. I'm not belittling those at all. But sometimes we're sitting on everything we need. And as long as we're honest about that, you know, he doesn't pretend he's qualified. He just says, hey, this is what I've done for 10 years. This is my experience. This is what I know. If you'd like to be you know if you'd like to share in
1: my knowledge here's how you can so as well you know sometimes we can people can do that and Mm. it can be a form of procrastination
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and and also we've also also got to be mindful that we might be buying into other people's systems that are trying to sell us to say we can't get to where we want to be unless you come and do this
2: yeah Um, absolutely
1: uh, and the reality is actually we're just slowing down our ability to add value to more people
2: Correct. I mean, I totally invented the concept of being a business celebrity. Um, I came up with how you work out your fame name. You know, I, I in effect, made it all up. Now, that's not to say it's not good and it's not valuable. It hasn't helped lots of people, but I I made it up. Mm. And why not? (laughs) You know, It's stuff I know works. It's things I've brought together from my experience and my know-how and what I've learned, what I've seen and what I've done. And it's important that you, you can trust yourself to be an inventor, to put your name to something. I mean, that's the ultimate part of a fame name is you put your name to something, literally. And, you know, we all think we should do things a certain way. I mean, that's my take on marketing now, if I'm honest. You know, much as everyone has their thing, I talk to them about having their media thing. I mean, there are a hundred, I don't know, thousands of ways you can market your business. And every time someone invents a new social media, there goes another one. Um, But it's just really about how you like to communicate. And all marketing is, is saying the right thing to the right person at the right time. So all you need to do is match how you like to best communicate with that. So there are some people who best like to communicate on their own. You know, they like to go off and and collect their thoughts and write it down or, you know, record it, but not be in any kind of interaction. There are other people who like to interact one-to-one, you know, like we're doing now, having an interview or uh, having a conversation, and there are other people who best communicate when they're broadcasting. You know, they're, they're standing in front of a big group of people or they're, you know, speaking in front of a large audience or maybe on video or on TV. Um, but each of those types of communicating can easily be turned into marketing rather than thinking, oh, here's all the types of marketing I've been told to do. I'm going to do them. And, you know, in a lot of those cases, you'll be trying to force a square peg in a round hole because it's not how you like to communicate. Yeah.
1: Hey, Lucy, we've got just a couple of minutes left, so I want to get on to spotlighting. Tell, Tell us about spotlighting. How do you get your spotlight?
2: So, first of all, you find your media thing and don't force it. You only need to do three different types of marketing really, really well and really consistently to stand out. But what's really important is you understand that you're not running around all the time. You know, that perfect circle of light that is a spotlight is a really important analogy, because if you stand still and you're fully illuminated, people can see you. If you're dashing around all over the stage, you know, the poor spotlight guy can't catch up with you. He's maybe getting an elbow here. So you've got to have that clear confidence. Pick some media that you love. Use that to communicate. Be very clear in your message. Have your fame name on the T-shirt. Tell your story. Let us understand why you do what you do. And stand still long enough so we can actually see you.
1: Mm. That 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 makes a lot of sense. I, I, I suppose... What comes for me is you know, I've, I've had this show running for two years now it's a hundred and second show, and it's been quite a challenge uh, certainly after the first year as to whether I will continue it mm. anyway, and the benefits have come in the second year. I guess what, I, what what I believe in is kind of discipline, and if you start something, it's worthwhile kind of seeing it through and keep working with it. And I love doing this um, it's, it, I really do love it, but I've, I've seen the benefits by standing still with it yes is that an example?
2: It's a perfect example. I always say to people, you know, I always describe marketing as a wave, and there are two types of wave. There's a rolling wave where you consistently do, you know, activity all the time. You're constantly visible. You know, the wave can go up and down a little bit. You can, you know, if you've got a promotion or an offer or something that's happening, you can, the wave can go up a little bit. And what a lot of other people do is tidal waves where there's absolutely nothing and then all of a sudden, it's just like a big explosion of marketing in every type of media they can think of. And yes, they'll attract some attention, but the energy that that takes, I mean, they come crashing down afterwards. Mm. And it's just keeping that rolling wave going that makes a massive difference.
1: Mm. Well, um, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. I'd love to you to just share um, in the sort of last minute what your final messages might be that you'd like to leave us with.
2: So obviously, number one, do your thing. Um, The other one I'll say is just focus on doing something one louder. You know, if right now you blog, go and guest blog for someone else. If right now you write articles, go and offer them to a publication. If right now you speak to really small groups or you just do mini interviews, go and find a big radio show. Go and find a bigger audience. If you consistently do things that are one louder, you're going to get noticed more and more people are going to find you.
1: I think that's a, a really great insight that's that's uh, an insight i've taken away from this uh, conversation lucy <laughs> i've written it down i've got to put it on my ipad do something more louder and it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk with you today and to hear all about your thoughts about being a, a business celebrity i know you're adding a lot of value out there so thank you so much for joining us
2: thank you for having me
1: you yeah, very welcome. So for more information on Lucy Whittington, go to beingabusinesscelebrity.com. Any questions or feedback, do contact me at chris at com. Join me on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash more. On next week's show, we have a gentleman called Simon Hazeldean who's written five books. He's a professional speaker, a, um, a, a trainer. Uh, he's going to talk with us about neuro-selling, um, doing a lot of work around neuro- neurology, um, and has a great book out on the subject. So if you want to uh, understand how to kind of, you know, subtly um, influence people and understand the sort of science behind that, um, it could be a very, very valuable show for you. So thanks again, Lucy Whittington, and uh, to all of you out there, have a great week.
0: Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.